Hello, you are listening to the Fairy Pod Mothers. I'm Rachel, and with me tonight are Stephanie and Amber. Merry holiday week. Happy holiday week. How are you all doing? <laughs> doing Pretty good. good. How about you? you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm just trying to tie up all the loose ends with the gifts and the food and all that kind of fun stuff. How about y'all? Same, same. Um, School's out, so that's always fun and trying to wrap up the last little bit of Christmas shopping. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I did my shopping today because we're hosting Christmas Eve dinner and I work that day, so that should be fun. Ooh. I kind of take Christmas like I take weddings. At the end of the day, it'll all be over and anything that didn't get done, it doesn't matter anymore. (laughs) That is the perfect attitude. attitude. Yes. (laughs) All right. Well, let's go ahead and dive in. We are talking tips and tricks tonight. There are a lot of reasons why the three of us do this podcast. One is obviously because we love nerding out on Disney and talking vacation planning with each other. Another reason is to help our listeners with their trips via our various topics and conversations. So tonight we're talking about our top 10 tips and tricks for planning your next Disney trip. And some of these you may already be familiar with or you've used them yourself, but hopefully you'll pick up a few new ones that will add value to your next visit to Disney World. And I say Disney World because that is where we're focusing tonight. So just a little disclaimer about that, that these may not apply to every Disney location or uh, vacation. All right, so let's start with transportation. Stephanie, do you want to tackle that one? Sure. Um, So if you are flying, don't feel like you need to book your flights to land just before check-in time and then, you know, book your flights for just after check-out time. Book your flights for your arrival day as early as possible if you're comfortable with that or as late as you're comfortable with for your departure date because even though... You may not be able to get your room until three or four. You can still take advantage of all of the amenities that your resort has to offer. Um, My family, we like to um, use our check-in and check-out days for lots of pool time. Um, You can also head to the parks. You know, if you've got eight nights at the resort, but you've got nine days of tickets, you can hit up the parks as soon as you want. Um, We've done that a couple of times. It makes for a little more stressful day, but you really get to start your trip off by, well, in our case, we always start with Magic Kingdom. Um, Another thing to keep in mind is that if you are flying, Magical Express is included in the cost of your vacation. So they will pick you up from the airport. And if you check your luggage with Magical Express, once you check it in at the counter from your departure airport, you know, wherever you live, You won't see your luggage again. You don't have to worry about picking it up or dragging it around until um, you're in your room. They will deliver it to your room for you. It does take a little while. So make sure that anything you need with you, like your medications, your sunscreen, um, identification, that's all in your carry-on luggage. Um, But Magical Express is a great way to save money. You don't need to rent a car. Um, You don't need to worry about getting... Uh, a, a cab or anything like that. Uber and Lyft are good ways to go if you want to get there a little bit faster. With Magical Express, you are going to stop at possibly, you know, two or three resorts before you get to yours. Um, so Uber and Lyft are good options. Um, and MCO has really made it easy to find where to stand and 
make sure that you get to your driver pretty quickly and you don't have to search around a whole lot. One Stephanie, note I, on, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I, think, I think we're gonna say the same thing, Amber, so go ahead. Okay, just one note on the Magical Express. They are currently not picking up luggage for you. So you Thank have to you. retrieve it yourself. Um, that's just a 2020 and probably into 2021 weird thing that's going on right now. Hopefully they will soon return to um, picking your luggage up for you so you don't have to go to the carousels to pick it up. But as of right now, as of this recording, you do need to go to the baggage carousel to get your luggage before heading to the Magical Express. Yo, I'm yep. just so excited about the vaccine. I think I jumped the gun and I'm, I'm already like, <laughs> I'm already post COVID Disney, but you're right. Uh, right now they are not picking up luggage. That's what I was going to say, Amber. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, ladies. All right. So the second tip is to understand the crowd calendars. So when deciding when to go, what time of year to go, um, planning how many days you're going to go, et cetera. Use your travel agent. Um, I don't know about you all, but I subscribe to a few reputable crowd calendars that help me view the busier or slower times based on the history of the parks. Do you all use something like that as well? I don't subscribe to one, but I just use Google sometimes. I'll just Google Disney crowd calendars and there's plenty of ones that um, have them for free online. Mm -hmm. um, so if you just look at a couple of them, then they're usually pretty reliable. Yeah. Yeah. Depending on what, you know, when we're going for how long and what, you know, what kind of trip it's going to be, I may grab a subscription to touring plans because I don't think mm -hmm. it's very expensive. I think the last time it was like 10 bucks for the year, uh, but I don't, I don't maintain that subscription all the time. Okay. Well, your travel agent will help you figure out the crowd. So um, we can do that for you. Or if you're, you know, flying solo on your trip, obviously you can use Google at your friend. Realize that if kids are not in school or if there are times hugging holidays, the parks are definitely going to be busier. So I know it's very convenient to go when there are school breaks, but a lot of times you just have to expect that that is going to mean higher crowds. And if lower crowds are important to you, then I think factoring this in is critical. I'll also say that I think Summers are less busy than they used to be, um, maybe because of the heat. You know, it's a little bit more um, intense in Orlando in the summers. Not unbearable, but definitely hotter. And I think that people utilize like those fall and spring seasons uh, a bit more than maybe they used to. Well, and another thing that I um, I think might be a good thing to bring up is that there are random weekends throughout the year. And I assume that they started doing this because of the lower crowd levels. Um, but, you know, a lot of people will say, oh, I want to go this weekend in February because there's no holidays. Kids are in school and Disney has stuck a race during that weekend. And so mm -hmm. the crowd levels shoot sky high for race weekends. So that's a really good reason to look at the crowd calendars. Obviously, right now, this year, there have been no races. I know they're scheduled for 2021 right now, but I think that's more wishful thinking than actual planning. Um, but really make sure to look at crowd calendars or ask your travel agent, because if there's a race weekend, you don't want to be disappointed thinking that the crowds were going to be lower because there's no holidays. I think too, some of those cheerleading competitions can add a lot of people Ugh. to the parks too. <laughs> and Jersey week. I don't know what is up with that, but it's a real thing. Yeah. 
So understanding those crowd calendars can help you out if lower crowds are important to you. If not, then, you know, go for, go for any time you want. <laughs> All right. So building on that and understanding crowds, Amber, can you elaborate a little bit on extra magic hours? Sure. So just to um, fill anyone in who's not very familiar with extra magic hours, um, that is where Disney will either open a park an hour early or keep the park open an hour late. And it changes every day. It's a different park each day. Um, and they do publish the extra magic hours maybe five or six months in advance. So when you're planning your trip and you're deciding which parks to go to each day, um, if you are staying on Disney property, those extra magic hours are included in your trip. That's the only way you can use them. Um, if you are off property, you cannot participate in extra magic hours. It is not something you can purchase. It's just an extra perk for on property guests. So if you are on property, you might wanna check and see which parks have extra magic hours on which days. And if you want to go to those parks and get the most out of your park tickets. Now the caveat with that is that the crowd levels at those extra magic hour parks do tend to be higher. So if you wanna stay away from the crowds, you might want to stay away from the park that has extra magic hours that day. Did you guys have any other tips? Because I know people, some people have different tips and tricks with magic hours. I do. I, so, oh, go ahead. <laughs> oh, I was just going to say that it it depends on our the length of our trip. If we're staying for a shorter trip, we take advantage of the extra magic hours. But if we're going, if it's a longer trip, we try to avoid the extra magic hours um, since the crowds do tend to be a little bit higher um, in the park for extra magic hours. And they do, it, it does even out like towards the end of the day. Mm -hmm. uh, but just to start the day off, it's nice to not be corralled everywhere. I take it a step further. So I look and see where extra magic hours were the day before, like if Epcot had it yesterday, then I'm going to pick Epcot for the day that I'm going. That's um, really smart. I have not thought about that. Neither have I, and I'm going to be using it now. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell your friends. No. <laughs> Don't tell any of our listeners for sure. <laughs> All right. How about re resort budget? That's one that, um, you know, is, is obviously important to most people planning their trip. Yeah, so episode eight, I believe, we talked about the different resort levels. Um, so if anyone wants to hop over and listen to that. Um, but just in a nutshell, there are three um, categories of Disney resorts. So we have your values, your moderates, and your deluxes. And you might want to try, you know, one of those deluxe resorts. But staying there for your entire trip, if you have a longer trip, it may not be in your budget. So if your budget doesn't allow you to stay in one of those deluxes for the entire trip, you might consider a split stay. And a split stay is where, kind of like the name says, you split your resort or you split your stay between two resorts. Um, I recommend going your, you know, going to the more value or moderate resort for the first part of your trip and then saving the deluxe for those last couple of days so you can really feel you know posh and pampered 
at the end of your trip. Definitely. And Bellhop Services will move all your luggage over from Resort A to Resort B. So you could be packed up and go to the parks. And while that's happening, all your stuff's getting shuffled over to the next resort. Yeah, it's really handy and convenient. And it's, a, it's also a good way if you want to experience a couple different resorts, but you don't necessarily have the budget to go every single year. Um, it's a good way to get, even if it's just two resorts in the same category, you can split your stay between those two. Yeah, I love that. Okay, keeping on the topic of money, how about credit cards? How can we use credit cards to make our Disney planning more affordable or work for us? Um, okay, so the the first one um, that I think is the most recognizable, and I think the three of us have the first eight numbers memorized, is the <laughs> Disney Visa credit card through Chase. Um, depending on the level of card that you get, the standard card offers 1% cash back on all purchases, no matter where you're spending your money. And that money is, oh, it's so it's 1% and it, you're given a Disney uh, gift card. You can use that anywhere that you can purchase Disney stuff. You can use it for Disney Cruise Line, you can use it for Shop Disney, and you can use it to pay for your park stay. They also have the Premier Level card. And for that one, you can get 2% cash back on your groceries, gas. Oh gosh, we have this one and I cannot remember the third thing, but uh, there's three different categories. Uh, dining out, grocery, gas, and dining out, you get 2% cash back. Um, there is a $50 a year uh, service charge for that. So you have to take a look at your own budget to decide, is that extra percent going to be worth it for how you use your card? Um, but as long as you're um, paying off your balance every month, it's quite literally free money that you can use towards your um, vacations. And then um, other cards, like the Southwest card, you'll automatically, when you, when you um, open and you, you're approved for the credit card, you'll get 40 to 50,000 points, um, which can usually get you two to three round trip tickets. So, you know, from the start, you're getting those savings and it can help cut the cost of your trip. Uh, one that a... And I, I did forget to mention with the Disney Visa, you also get discounts um, in the parks and at certain dining locations. You do have to spend at least $50. And then if you are using your magic band to pay, but you want that discount, you do have to present either the card or the redemption gift card that, they, that um, Chase will send you when you cash out your points. There's also a couple of character meet and greets that are just oh. for Disney Visa card members also, right? Uh, there are, and I, I did forget about those. So there's one in Epcot. Um, we haven't done it in a while because with all of the construction, it kept changing. It was in Future World, and I'm not sure. I think the last time is. we were there, it's in the same building that has the Epcot, sh the shorts, the Mickey shorts movies. Okay. Like in the, the Figment building, like that area. Yes. Yeah. And it's usually two or more characters that you're meeting at a time. So that's really rare to get normally in the parks. You're usually just having your picture made with one character, but it's really cool that you could have two or more characters in the same picture with your family. And they do spend a little bit more time with you because the line is generally not as long. 
Um, so another one that you'll hear a lot on different Facebook groups um, or different message boards is the Target Red Card. That is available as a credit card. And then they recently uh, made it available. You can tag that on to your existing debit card and that allows you to get five percent off of all purchases disney gift cards are included in those and occasionally they will offer ten percent off of those disney gift cards one of the things to be careful about with the disney gift cards though is that the money that is on that card if for whatever reason you need to cancel your trip the money will go back on the original form of payment so if that is money that you need for an emergency you won't be able to use it anywhere except for at Disney locations. So that's just a good thing to keep in mind with those gift cards. Um, also, depending on how many you buy, you do need to consolidate them to make it a little bit easier to pay. Otherwise, you are going to be getting the money back on several different gift cards. Trying to keep track of all of those can be pretty challenging. Um, but there is a website and since I'm saying it, I might as well pull it up. But there is a website that you can go to. Or unless, do either of you know it off the top of your head? DisneyGiftCard.com. Thank you. Thank you so mm -hmm. much. I, it was that easy. Um, but yeah, my, we, we have the Disney Visa and we did upgrade um, after a couple years of grumbling about the fee. We did upgrade to the 2% and it has absolutely been worth it for us. That's yeah, awesome. we have the 2% too. And it's we put everything on that card that's our main groceries everything card and so it adds up and it's worth it for us too yes great that's really great information all right so moving on travel insurance um this one i don't know if most people do this but i would typically say skip it at disney now i don't say that for every kind of vacation but for disney i do um, the reason being is Disney is super flexible with moving your trip. So if anything ever came up, like somebody got sick or, you know, you got a new job that you needed to start and you had to push your dates, as long as you're just rearranging your dates, Disney wants you to still come. They want you to still spend your money in the parks. Um, and so they're going to be pretty flexible about moving vacation, uh, details. Technically there's a $50 change fee. Um, I've never personally had anybody incur that fee, um, that that's not to say they wouldn't implement it, but unless you're thinking you're going to outright cancel the trip instead of pushing it, then I would skip the travel insurance. Do y'all have that same kind of feeling about trip insurance for Disney? Especially this year, you know, they've been really forgiving and really flexible because they know, um, it's just a hard year and, you know, if they don't want someone who's sick in the parks, so they're going to make it easy for them to rearrange, reschedule their trip. Yeah. Yeah, I don't generally recommend it for Disney World um, just because of how flexible they are with moving everything and you don't have to pay in full, you know, until 30 days prior to or if it's a room only reservation until you get there. Mm -hmm. um, so for that, I, I think that's an area that you can save for this particular vacation. Yeah. And just food for thought, um, I believe it's 7750 per adult and 550 per child, 17 and under. It's not terribly expensive. 
Um, I will say, I know this is not a cruise episode, but just a side note, I don't skip insurance for Disney Cruise Line. And I think we would all agree on that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, great. So if you want to talk further about, you know, trip insurance, obviously that's something you could go through with your travel agent. All right, moving along, strollers. Amber, do you want to talk about strollers a little bit? Yeah, so if you have a little one and you know that they're not going to be able to walk a lot in the parks, it may be smart to get a stroller from them. But I think all three of us will agree in saying try not to use the ones in the parks. Um, For one, they don't look very comfortable. They're, no. you know, they're entirely made of plastic. There's no cushion. Um, we learn from your pod mother's mistake, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I, before my travel agent days, before we were um, going to Disney a ton, we we went and we had we used one of the parks strollers mainly because I had a relative who was a cast member and she got it for us for free but even with the free price tag I probably wouldn't do it again um it's not very comfortable they're bulky they're kind of ugly to tell you the truth um so I if you can't bring your own I would recommend um renting from there are companies in Orlando who rent strollers and not just strollers, but also um, mobility scooters. If you have someone in your family who needs that, we can hook you up. So um, let your travel agent know if you need one of those. And there's a couple of third party um, companies who will, who we work with, who we know which ones are the reputable ones and will guide you in get you the stroller that you need, whether it be a single, double, whatever. Yeah. And when you rent those from a third party company, you get to keep them during the duration of your trip. So it's not like you have to leave them at the park and then, you know, walk with your kids all the way to the boats at the Magic Kingdom or something like that. Like you've got them the whole time. And there's nothing worse than having to wake up a sleeping toddler out of their stroller (laughs) so you can turn the stroller in. So that's a great point, Rachel. When you rent it from that third-party company, it's yours for the trip. You know, if you're in a monorail resort, you can just leave them in there the whole time. You never have to get them out of the stroller. Yeah. And it, depending on who you rent from, we've usually gone with Kingdom Strollers, but depending on who you rent from, they will provide you with the rain cover and a little mm-hmm. cooler for drinks or snacks or whatever they they kind of hook you up it's pretty nice and they'll even put your they'll put like a placard with your family's name on it so that you can pick it out of the crowd yeah that's really helpful and that sea of strollers yeah for sure okay I love that all right packing list so packing is tricky um I know we all probably do it a bit differently. I am very type A and I have an electronic pack list that I make, (laughs) you know, before each trip and I have all my things on there. So I don't forget, but I think one recommendation is, you know, don't bring more than you need. I think it's very tempting to just, you know, fit as much as you can in every single suitcase, but also keep in mind, like you're probably going to bring some souvenirs home. Um, You might need a little extra space in that luggage for the for the trip back. Um, I kind of want to ask everybody what your must packs are. 
Um, Amber, what would you say are some things you definitely recommend somebody bring? Aside so, from the obvious. <laughs> <laughs> so right now I would definitely bring um, maybe a thing of Clorox wipes. Um, we use those in the room to wipe down everything, even though, you know, Disney mousekeeping is great. But if we want to just have your own peace of mind that everything is sanitized, we bring hand sanit um, Clorox wipes, hand sanitizer for the parks, um, or the little wet ones, um, like the little moist towelettes that you can use to wipe down the tables before you sit down and eat somewhere. Um, another tip that we like to use is bring an extra bag for dirty clothes. So having as your family wears things and at the end of the day, um, having that extra bag for dirty clothes so they're not all over the room or getting mixed in with your clean stuff. Great. Stephanie, how about you? Oh, so Amber kind of took like a uh, cleaning. I'm going to take keeping cool. Um, I would, I, we love the cooling towels. Um, we have frog togs, which I think were like one of the original, um, companies that were releasing those, but they are, I don't even know what they're made of, but they're towels that when you get them wet, pretty much no matter what the temperature of the water that you use to get them wet, you can use room temperature water they cool you off. And so you, you get them wet, you wring them out just a little bit. They do stay damp um, and you wrap them around your neck. It really helps a lot. You can use them to wipe your face if you're sweating a little bit, but those have been a lifesaver, especially in animal kingdom where it's always a thousand degrees. Um, <laughs> and then we always pack, we definitely used them when we had the strollers, um, but now we're just using them kind of handheld, but some, USB chargeable fans. Mm. Um, we got some from Amazon. I think they were $30 each, which was kind of expensive compared to some of the others, but they have really helped out a lot in the park to stay cool. Um, you don't need to worry about replacing batteries with them and using it on the middle setting uh, from a full charge, it will last a whole park day pretty much because you're not going to need it when you're sitting down to eat or when you're inside. Um, so those portable fans have been great to have. And I know a lot of people also swear by like the fans that you put around your neck and it, it there's like the two fans pointing at you from your shoulders. Um, but a portable fan is a great thing to have. We use the fans too, but I just got the cheapo ones from Target. Like if you look in the camping aisle, um, then they have them there and those are just battery powered either with, you know, double A, triple A batteries. And I don't think I've ever had to, well, I take that back. I may have changed the batteries once or twice, but it definitely lasts a full trip. Wow. That, that's pretty impressive. <laughs> I haven't tried those before. I'll have to look into those. So we've got cleaning, we've got keeping cool. I'm going to go with um, staying dry is my theme <laughs> in a lot of <laughs> different ways. Um, this may be TMI, but I am a big proponent of baby powder, especially when the weather <laughs> is hot. You know, the chafing is real. So I definitely recommend some baby powder for the humidity. Um, I also recommend ponchos and bringing the ones that are not, you know, $12 a piece that you would buy in the parks. You can buy a 
four pack or an eight pack on Amazon before you go. And that can save you a lot of money because inevitably it will rain while you're in Disney world. Um, and then I also, I just really hate having wet feet. So if I think it's going to rain in a mo- on a morning, or if I know I'm going to be riding Splash Mountain, I always bring some flip-flops just in case. You guys do flip-flops in the park, or do you need the support in the tennis shoes? I use I- UFOs, so I have the best of both. They're flip-flops that have support. Oh, nice. Amber, I you? do just, people think I'm crazy, but I will just wear my cheap Old Navy $1 flip-flops, and they're fine. I never have problems. I guess, I don't know. You're lucky that way. I guess so. <laughs> hey, Rachel, we don't yeah. use baby powder. We use Body Glide. Have you ever oh, used that? It's, I have not. Uh, it's, um, it looks like a deodorant stick. Okay. Um, I actually got it at a runner's convention um, when I first got into running. And we will use it just for walking around the park. Um, and it works really, really well. Okay. Now I, I, I might have to try it. I, I'm a little nervous to switch because I've got my, <laughs> my tried and true, but maybe I'll give it a shot on a less, less hot day. <laughs> uh, I have one more to add. One, that would be a portable phone charger. Uh, obviously if you're in the parks for a long time during the day, you're going to wear your phone out, especially looking at my Disney experience app, which I think drains your battery pretty quick. It really does. Yeah. So that might be a smart one to, to throw in the bag as well. All right. So you've got it all planned out. You are through the um, logistics. Let's talk about getting everybody excited. Stephanie, do you want to talk about that? Yeah. So we always, except for this year, this year, I did not want to tempt fate, but we always do something fun as a family. We'll create a countdown. So things that we've done in the past, um, we have done the, construction paper links that you, we all did in elementary school, but we plussed it a little bit. I found a tutorial of how to cut them so that it looks like, so that it has Mickey ears. So we would do a black Mickey ear link, a red link, a yellow link, and then repeat all the way. And you know, the kids can tear one off each day. Um, a couple years ago, I got a poster board and I drew the house from up and then we found a balloon hole punch and we did one balloon for each day until we left. And the, the kids would take down a balloon each day. And that was fun. Um, there's so many ideas on Pinterest. You can, it can be really basic, um, you know, just a, a couple dollars um, of supplies. And then there's some people who really go all out and they will buy, um, like wooden plaques with um, hanging numbers that you can use to count down, but it really gets the whole family excited. And it helps if your kids know about the trip, it cuts down on the how much longer. And that's why I really like the visual ones, the chain and the house with the balloons. Um, I've done, I did another one that was, uh, that was kind of like the chain where we just cut off each day but, you know, my kids were young that the, the visual really helped. Um, I will say that I, th- I think personally, I probably start them too early. The chain one wrapped all the way around my dining room. <laughs> and the balloons, it was enough balloons to probably lift up an actual house. 
So do you, you have know. a picture of your chain? Cause I want to see that. Um, I do. I, I'll have to go back through my Google photos, but, um, that was for 2016. So yeah, I should have that in my photos. <laughs> Stephanie, I did the up house too. Send me the chain and I'll put these on social media. Amber, if you have one, send it too. That'll be cute. Sure. Yeah. I love, I love the countdowns. We have never been able to surprise the kids because mom gets too excited and talks about it too much. <laughs> <laughs> I can relate to that. All right. Our last tip, number 10. All right. This one is a, another shameless plug, but use a travel agent. Um, you know, a lot of the planning during normal Disney operation, you know, your fast pass window opens up at 6 a.m. and your dining window opens up at 7 a.m. And I'm Eastern. usually up anyway. Yes, Eastern. Thank you. Mm -hmm. um, especially if you're booking from the West Coast, book a travel aid, you know, book with a travel agent because we will get up and do the dirty work for you. I love getting to send that text message to a client that they wake up to find out that I got them most, if not all of their fast passes and dining options. Mm -hmm. um, travel agent will also price watch for any discounts. And unless you don't want to save money, we will apply them automatically. <laughs> um, that is another really awesome text message to send or, you know, phone call to make is, Hey, I just saved you $400. Uh, the travel agent will also help keep you up to date on when your dates are coming up because that can be it can be daunting to have to remember your 180 days for dining and bibbidi bobbidi boutique and pirates league and then your 60 days and when your final payment is due and you know we we set reminders and we will let you know when those are coming up um, another thing to remember with a travel agent is we don't have to do all of those things for you. If you enjoy getting up and making those reservations, you absolutely can. The travel agent costs you nothing. So we can do as much or as little as you would like. Stephanie had so many clients this year that were so thankful to use a travel agent with COVID because they didn't have to wait on the phone for hours and hours. You oh know, my gosh, trips or I just had... <laughs> <laughs> minor, minor flashbacks from those days. That I was mean, so that's rough. a good perk. We deal with all the dirty work if, you know, something goes astray. So that yeah, is a definite benefit. Yeah. All right. Last week, Amber had our trivia. Amber, I love this question so much. Do you want to remind us of it again? Sure. So the question was, which band officially broke up at the Polynesian? And the answer was the Beatles. So John Lennon officially signed the document that broke up the Beatles while looking over the Seven Seas Lagoon at the Poly. And we had several people get this one right. I'm bringing up the page right now so we can see who that was. Drum roll. <laughs> <laughs> so fellow agent Autumn. Um, fellow agent Melanie and Amber's neighbor Jeff <laughs> all got those correct Aww. so way to go guys great job that was shocking to me I didn't realize that that had happened there clearly I need to brush up on my trivia <laughs> it's a fun little tidbit to throw out at parties That's am I the one. only one who can't picture John Lennon staying at Disney World <laughs> <laughs> no. 
He seems like too cool for it or something. I don't know. Right, right. <laughs> All right. So this week's trivia question relates to our planning episode, Disney Fast Pass related. So I'm sure you know what Fast Pass is, but if you don't, it's a virtual queuing system created by Disney Company, the Walt Disney Company. FastPass allows guests to avoid long lines at attractions on which the system is installed, and it frees you up to do other things while you wait. It's available at no additional charge to all park guests. And right now it is suspended, but hopefully when things return to quote-unquote normal, it's it's expected that it will come back in some shape or form. So the question for this week is, what year was FastPass first introduced? And I'm talking generally, not just the digital version that we know, you know, in its most recent iteration. So drop a guess on our Facebook or our Instagram page, and we will give you a shout out if you get it right or, you know, get it close. (laughs) We're not picky. Yeah. We just like participation. Um, All right. Just a reminder, we are still doing the Make-A-Wish reviews. Um, Basically, what's happening is if you drop a review on our Apple podcast uh, page, we will donate $1 to the Make-A-Wish Foundation. So this is a super easy way to help out an amazing um, organization and also, you know, show us some love if you're liking what you're hearing. And we appreciate you guys and gals. All right. In closing, thank you for listening to the Fairy Pod Mothers. We are happy to be your one-stop shop for talking tips for Disney, Universal, and beyond. Please join us on Facebook and Instagram to keep the conversation going. Amber, Rachel, and Stephanie are travel professionals with Main Street and More Travel, a no-fee Disney earmarked agency. Please reach out to us on Facebook for a free quote. Please rate, review, and tell your friends. We'll see you real soon. Bye, ladies. Bye. Bye. Merry Christmas. Have a good one.